and let me record this. Cloud. Okay, I think we are live now. I do believe we are live. I'm just looking on it. So, welcome. This is uh, session three, right, Amit? Yeah, session three. So um, I'm I'm excited. Uh, last time I forgot to write down the question, but D had asked about staging, about like if you have a property that is, um, you know, I think. Let me look at the question. I don't want to butcher her her question that she asked. Let me see. Well, for those of you that don't know us that tune in, uh, my name is Shrag Shaw from Shrag Shaw Coaching, and this is Amit Bhutta, the realtor in Miami. Um, so if you would like to help him for his efforts here, grow his business, who do you know that's making him move to Miami? Amit's one of my coaching clients. It was last that I always do a sales pitch for him. So it's kind of a fun way to kick this off. All right, guys, look, um, ask questions. There's five of you guys watching. What's going on in your business? What questions are clients asking you? What do you need help with? right is it your skill set is it lead generation is it something about how to talk to clients in a virtual environment what is going on that we can help you with um or if not on it we can just jump right into the role play of converting open house leads so i got a couple of them so i'm going to be off camera while i read this and then i'll pop on in a second so d asks what about an objection to the style of staging so the home is an old antebellum style and the seller wants to have period staging instead of updated current decor. So I think it's really simple, right? If, if when someone wants to do something, there's a perspective and a thought behind it, right? On it. So, so ask him questions and using the word specifically, what specifically is important to you about having one staging versus the other? See, I so think, let's role play it. Let's role play it. Well, I just want to give some context to this. Oh, okay, sure. Cool. It. So what happens is, and this is where all the challenges are, um, an agent feels it should be modern and, and not periodic. And what they'll do is they'll become combative with the seller and convincing their place. It's not that they're coming from a bad place, but the way they go about communicating it, it's not always effective. And then, and then you have sellers that are always in this mind frame. You ever hear this in, in your past life of, you know, I, I really need you to represent my interests. It sounds like, you know, that the way that you want to do it, it's not the way that I want. And, and that type of conflict is not going to get you there. Telling someone why they should do something all the time isn't going to get you there. So would you like yeah. to? Yeah, so let me add to that. Um, imagine you're paying for a service and you're paying $100,000 or $50,000 for the service. And the person doesn't listen to a word you say. They just tell you you have to do it their way or the highway. It's, it's tough to grasp unless it's said in the right way. Like if it's framed the way that, that you're gonna put it now, it makes it a lot easier. But you, we always have to have the perspective is if we are the buyer and we're paying that commission or we're the seller and paying that commission. I think that most helps. Sellers, yeah, most of the sellers don't even understand what they're paying for and then someone tells them what to do. You put those two things together, right? Everything you communicate, like you'll be the seller, it has to be a benefit from you. So you could throw the, the staging thing at me, go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. I want to keep it the way that antebellum style. I don't want that new modern stuff. You know what? I could, I could really appreciate that. I'm in, I see the current decor of your home. What specifically is important to you and your family about keeping the style of staging that your home is in now? You know, we like it. We figure that other people like it. We've gotten so many compliments at dinner. Everyone tells us how 
how our house is, you know, if we ever sell it, you know, just, just a lot of good compliments. And because these are friends telling us this, we assume that everyone else has that taste as well. You know what, Amit, I can completely appreciate that. And sitting here, it looks like you put a lot of time and efforts into making it this way, right? Yeah, totally. We have so many nice memories in it. And you have nice memories. And would it be safe to say that you kind of personalized this as this was your home, correct? Yeah, it, it just feels right. It does feel right. And you have all these pictures of your family in the rooms. It's the style that you'd like. And that's what makes this feel like home for you, correct? 100%. So would it be okay if I shared the perspective on what we think a modern style would bring? And then obviously you're the boss and you can make the decision. Yeah, that's fine. You know, just as this home in this era has connected with you, you know, my job representing you and your agent as your agent would be sharing with you different ways than you could connect with the people buying homes today, right? And look, the beauty of people is everyone's going to have a different perspective and experience. And my job in being neutral is to create that largest buyer pool possible. So can we agree on that? Yeah, I mean, the more people that look at, look at the home, the better, as long as they're the right buyers. Exactly. So look, I can share with you some of the homes that have been um, in your neighborhood that have this type of staging. We could obviously look on the days on market and everything else. And one of the things is, is just as this is personalized for you, we want to leave space for a buyer to personalize for them. Could I explain to you what that would look like? Yeah. What does that mean, actually? You know, it's really important because, look, the when we when we show your house and when it's staged, we want a buyer today to start putting their pictures on the wall themselves mentally moving in. And one of the things that we said that we would do in working together was go through the pre-marketing process and preparing your home for stage. So one of the things we would discuss is depersonalizing, right? Is this home, as you said, it's very specific to you. You have a lot of memories and there's a lot of important things to you. And if you went into a house as a buyer and you saw a house that was very personalized, very obviously very sentimental, very well cared for, but there's so many of the person's personal belongings, would that make it harder or easier for you to imagine living there? I mean, I feel like I'm at someone else's home. It's someone else's home. And in buying a house, don't you want that home to feel like your home? Potentially? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So look, the objectivity of having an agent is just that. We're going to provide you different solutions, share the different benefits with you, and always just know that, you know, we work for your interest. And if it's something you don't want to do, no matter how strongly we feel about the recommendation, we can 100% go in that direction. But we always want to make sure that we do the right thing by telling you. Okay, so you're not going to force me to do anything unless it makes sense. I, you know what? I don't want to force you anyway. You know, you, you're hiring us. You're paying a $60,000 commission. And would you ever want to go hire someone for a $60,000 commission and have them not listen to you, not care about your feelings, opinions, and just impose their will? No. So are you more likely to be happy working in a dictatorship or a collaboration? <laughs> of course, collaboration. Collaboration. So our modern style will appeal to buyers. As you can see in the last eight homes that sold, these all are modern style homes, ideally the people that are moving into your neighborhood now are millennials, right? As you can see, I have these three listings here that were more staged in the era that these homes were built and they're all sitting on the market longer. So based on the data, the trends and the information I shared, what would make you feel more comfortable staging the home in the era that would make you feel good? Or do we want to stage the home in a way that will appeal to the most buyers to get you the best price? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to sell it for the most money. Got it. And that's it, right? Like, 
we walked you through the different scenarios. We did the check-ins to let them know that they're able to make the decisions. I, I, I always am a fan of, would you like working in a collaboration versus a dictatorship? Because odds are, I mean, how many agents you find go in and just tell people what they should do? Almost all. Yeah. So, you know, what you've touched on is so important that I, I learned from you a while back. And we, we always like basically just touch on it. But the main thing is you always have to know, let that seller or buyer know that you are with them 100% whatever they decide. And sometimes when we don't let them that know that, they think that we're against them. And then all of a sudden our relationship gets worse and worse and worse. And when we let them know that we're behind whatever their decision is, regardless of if we're saying it or not, it's huge. And we have to always keep remember, make, reminding the buyer or seller that. Yeah, and effectively it's, a, it's the, the person, you know, the person willing to walk away is the most dangerous person in negotiation. So always detach yourself from the outcome, right? A lot of times it's very common that agents have worked incredibly hard. It's not communicated to the seller. So the seller has no idea how much work they've done, right? Now they have an offer, they have something that's good and, and they go in very emotional because they've done all this work, they've outlaid all this money and they haven't been paid and they wanna get paid, right? Like, like anyone that does work, right? You do work and hope to make profit. And, and then they go and it's like, um, we actually talked about this with your team member, Jade, about presenting the offer. And before you present it, you can say, look, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I'm, gonna I'm excited to share an offer with you. But prior to going through this, I'm gonna just wanna let you know, regardless of the decision you decide to do, I'm 100% okay with you. If you wanna work through this offer, we could do that. If you feel it's best to decline the offer and keep the house on the market and find more buyers, I'm gonna do that. But I just wanted to set that context prior to having the conversation. Yeah, that's huge. So. If, there, if there's another question, we can go there. Otherwise, I have another of these questions. Go. Oh. Let me see. D, thank you for the questions. <laughs> so, D, let if me someone ask the question out of the six people, I'll give you a free coaching course. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, so, D asks, what about culture differences? Some like to barter, or does that make a difference? <laughs> I don't think you could have asked too bad people. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I'm trying to be mindful of my words here. Um, look, at a lot of the people that like to barter, right? Everyone likes to feel that they tried to get a deal, right? And in different cultures, bartering is 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 different things, right? Like there's some people that no matter what you tell them, they just don't believe in paying the full price. What is your view on bartering? Yeah, so like, let me tell you a short story. So after I finished college, I did finance actually, doesn't seem like it. Um, but anyways, I was in the car business. And when I was in the car business, even if someone gave us the offer we wanted, like as a sales manager, they gave me an offer that we would accept. Every single time we told them no and made it a little bit higher. Because sometimes when you make it too easy for someone, they get buyer's remorse or seller's remorse. So we always have to be mindful of that. So with bartering, everyone, like you said, wants to feel like they got a deal. And if you offer like a real known number and they say it, you're going to think a lot of people are going to think, wow, maybe I could have gotten it a little bit less. So even if we someone presents an offer to us, say we're representing the buyer, 
we present the offer to the other agent and they accept it. You need to tell them the steps that you got to get that offer accepted. Don't just say you put in the offer, it's accepted and you, great news. You have to say, you know, I've been, I spoke to this guy a while. They went back and forth with their sellers. They really didn't want to do it, but you know, at the end of the day, they'll take it. That makes the person feel a lot better. So here, here's a good buyer consult tip, right? You're speaking with somebody, you just get that feeling. I mean, you ever get that feeling as soon as you meet somebody, um, they're just, they're just going to barter. They have unrealistic expectations and everything else. Um, and for this group of people, I made a very special process. So I would sit down with these people and, and this is my advice to everybody. This is, this is a lot more editorial than normally in my um, inquisitive based thinking. If you feel you're getting to this process, you should highly recommend it. Sit down with these people before bringing them out and say, look, let me, let me explain the market to you. I want to explain three things to you. Would that be okay? Sure. I want to explain the past to you, which, rep which represents the sold properties over the last 90 days. So we get an idea of what's trading for. Could you see why that would be important? Yeah, definitely. Then we want to analyze the contracts, right? So we want to see, has the trend changed over the next 90 days of what's going on in the market now? Yeah, and that then makes based sense. on these two scenarios, I'd like to present to you um, a different scenario based on the, the past and the current market trends on what would you do to make sure that you actually get a home? Is that something? Okay. Sure. So I would look at the past, I'd look at things like what the property sold for, list price to sales price, and days on market, right? So the prices obviously shows you sets of value in the neighborhood. List price to sales price shows how negotiable the sellers are. It's a buyer's market, seller's market. Days on market will tell you how long it's been staying there. So then when you look at the contracts, you could see, has it become more negotiable? Has it become less negotiable? And have properties been selling faster, slower, the same. So then you give the guy the, the same thing. So let's just say it's a competitive market, right? The days on market have gone from 32 to 26, right? And now the list price to sales price is at 100%, right? And you can see that the days have gone from 32 to 26. And even at 32 days, there's 100%. So you provide somebody that scenario. Say, look, you, you see this house that you liked, right? And they're going to say, yeah. Based on all the data that I gave you, and you know in the last six months that it's gotten 20% faster because it's gone from 32, let's say, to 26. And even back then, before it got even more competitive, people were paying 100%. This house is listed 1-1 on it. What would you offer and why? You know, I mean, I would prefer to pay less, but I'm, I'm not sure. You tell me. Well, I, I would expect that based on the data, right, the seller, the seller has an agent and has access to the same data. Is that correct? Yeah. So if this was your home and you knew the market got a little more competitive, which is advantageous to a seller, what would your expectation be of someone buying this house, knowing that all the other homes traded hundred percent of the list price? Yeah. I would want to get more. You want to get more. So would you, based on that scenario, would you think it's a good idea to come in under the listing price? No. There it is. And if these people go back and forth with you, Look, guys, as the saying goes, you can't fix stupid and you can't fix fundamental views and, and ways of thinking. Um, so that that's important. Julie has a question. Well, first, let's say. I get more. Um, I get more. So would you, based on that scenario, do you think it's a good idea? I don't need to hear an echo. Okay, let's talk about multiple offer situations. Um, Julie, I'll send you a message in your private DM after, and I'll give you a copy to our Pitching Compass course. 
So they'll tell you every different way to pitch compass. They're in three and a half minute videos or less. I'll give you a coupon code, they'll leave the course and you'll know exactly how to talk to sellers and buyers alike. Um, so let's go through with low inventory, which strategies you have in multiple offer situations. I mean, have you ever heard the phrase positional bartering? I heard it, but I don't really know what it is. Can you explain it? So positional bartering is actually the most ineffective way of negotiating. It's taking a position on something in a barter effectively negotiation. So like in general, when people make offers to a seller, what do they, what information do they really get about a buyer? The seller you're saying? What yeah, like you're going to make me an offer. What's in like, given every region's different, but what information do you get? Do you project? You know, I mean, for most agents, it's just going to be um, basically the stuff on the contract, you know, what they're putting down, how much they're paying, their names, maybe where they live. Um, and that's it, unless they do some research. So number one, we talked about in our first scenario today, how sentimental somebody's home is and how much they generally care about it. And assume this is somebody's primary residence, you've literally took a position on their home, something that's so emotional to them, something that they love and they care about. You said, you know what, your house is worth one, one with 20% down, 10% of contract, 60 day closing, contingent upon an inspection mortgage. That's all their home is to them. A piece of paper with five or six statements, right? So Julie, number one, you want to avoid positional barter. Number two, you're going to want to acknowledge the process of what somebody wants, right? So I would say to Ahmed, I'd write a cover letter to this and I'd write, thank you for allowing me. And I would use the words allowing me because that gives the other person control. It'll make the listing agent feel good. This is going to get very, very tactical and detail oriented here. Thank you, Ahmed, for allowing me to put an offer on, you know, 111 Las Olas Boulevard. My client understands that the seller wants a fast and easy closing a buyer with nothing to sell and reasonable market price. Acknowledge three motivating factors in sellers. Then I'd say, meet my buyers, Amit and Jade from the Amit Buta team, right? <laughs> I would, if it's okay, I would go through this with your clients. I would share where they work, approximately what their salaries are, right? And, and people go back and forth with me about this all the time. Why are you gonna give all that information out? Because I don't know, the last time I checked, like in a pandemic and a financial crisis, you want to know how these people are employed. These are all the concerns they have. So share information about your clients as long as it makes sense and it makes them fiscally strong, right? Let them know that they've been pre-approved and that they've submitted all their loan docs or whatever it is. But now, like, if you look at this psychologically on it, right, we've acknowledged the listing agent being in control. We've acknowledged what the seller needs and we've given a profile on our buyers before we've even given an offer. They have 800 plus credit scores. They worked at gold, currently works at Goldman Sachs with a $400,000 salary. Jade works at Compass selling houses and it's $250,000 salary and an 800 plus credit score. So now they have a profile of it. And then you could go on and, and I suggest people, look, whether you write a letter or not, um, that's your choice, you know, um, personalized letters I find always work well in connection with this bigger package. Then you could put your positional bartering stuff, right? time, terms, everything else. And then the last piece is, is putting down a letter to the agent, right? Saying, I'm going hear my client stuff. Here's their financials. Here's the stuff that they want, you know? And, and a lot of this is, is reaching out to the other party too and understanding what terms are important to a seller, right? They have to move into pandemic. So I would call Amit, say you're the listing agent. I'll call you up and say, hey, Amit, 
I have a client that's interested in your home. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? Sure. And just to give you some context, the reason I share this is I think your goal is to get your client the best deal. My client is to hope to get my client a deal. So I, I want to work with you in collaboration and hopefully we can make this deal happen. Yeah, I hope so. So, you know, I, I noticed that it seems like your client's living in the home. In a perfect world, what time frame would they like to move in where they wouldn't feel rushed? Probably 60 days. 60 days and 60 days solid or someone who could be flexible to 60 days a little bit sooner, a little bit after, depending on where they're going. You know, I asked them that when I took the listing and they said, if the offer is really good, they're a little bit flexible on the time. All right. Well, look, with, with my offer that I'm going to make, just let them know. We'll put in that um, that we could close on the seller's convenience. My clients have nothing to sell. They're in a rental. Um, it's through family. So if they want us to close in 30 days, we'll do 30 days. If it has to be 90 days, that's fine. But I just wanted to understand that. And also, obviously, besides price, are there any terms that are important to the seller? Um, you know, I mean, they were hoping to get obviously a strong offer. They want a good pre-qualification letter. They don't want to have like a small lender. They want to have, they want to feel comfortable that the deal closes. They want to feel comfortable. So would it be comfortable if we were able to provide the number that you could contact our lender, verify income, verify that the credit score is good and verify that they've actually gone through the due diligence? Yeah, that would help. Okay, good. So I'll put all this stuff in my offer on it. Um, I'll have my client sign off on being able to contact the lender so you could verify it yourself. And um, I look forward to working with you. Is there anything else you should share? Is there a number that would make them really happy? Um, you know, the asking would always be good. If okay. not, if you want to give more, you can. Okay, perfect. And currently, are there any other offers at this time? You know, a few people looked at it. They said they were going to put in offers, but I'm, I'm waiting. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. If there are author, other offers and something changes, please let me know so I can, you know, let my clients know for them. Okay. Great. And that's, and that's it, Julie, you know, you have to present a better package. I find, right. Most people will never present all that information. Have you seen people present all this information? No. And you know, what you touched on, which is so important is the ego in real estate is ridiculous. And when we show care and compassion to the other agent, they want to help me the other day, just, I'll make it quick. The other day, there was an agent that I used to see on Instagram all the time. And he was going to show me the house. I called him about, up about the house. And I said, I really hope that my clients like your property because I've been following you a, a, a while and I'd love to do a deal with you. And when he met me, he was so nice. When we negotiated, he was really nice. And he, he bent over backwards to try and make the deal. And we made the deal. So just like you said, that compassion, that sort of subservience at times is so important. It's us also letting our ego go to be able to write that on a piece of paper. Um, I had an offer template I used as an agent and like, I think I had like a 90% some odd success rate, 100% multiple offers. Some of our clients in coaching have used it. Um, Suzanne used it and it really helped her. But look, be mindful, right? I think if we just like, if there's one message that could get through to people today is be more compassionate for other people. I don't think 
enough people stop to think to where other somebody else is, right? Imagine you have a family right now and you're moving with COVID and somebody's buying your house, you need the money from that to move. You don't even know if someone's gonna have a job in a week, let alone what they do or anything else. And you're getting a random anonymous letter from some bank and some person you've never met before telling you that Ami could buy this house. There's no way of verifying it. You don't know where they work. You don't know what they do. It's literally like putting your money on a roulette wheel, right? Like how are you supposed to know any of this information? You know, it's, it's crazy because people do more research on Tinder or a dating website on the person than the person that's trying to buy a house or sell a house. You know, it's crazy. You know, the other thing is, there's this great um, thing called Crystal Nose, right? You could like hook it up with your LinkedIn. If you're going to negotiate or speak with any client, it is crazy how much information it gives. It tells you what to say, what not to say. Um, I highly suggest you really look at that and working with people so you understand how to have more effective conversations. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, who has, we have a few more minutes here um, before we end. Does anyone else have a question? Three more minutes. Anybody? Well, look, Julia, you will, I'm gonna ping you right when we get off. Um, Look, guys, I think if there's one thing you can get out of today, it, it's understanding how to have a client-centric approach, how having empathy and compassion will help you connect with people. And remember, like for people that are now doing open houses and you're in like these meetings and you literally have 10 to 15 minutes before one person to another connect, be inquisitive, ask people questions, understand where somebody is and meet them where they are. And listen, 80-20, 80% of the time they should be talking. The 20% of the time, you should be really asking questions and listening. And if you stick with those fundamentals, I'm going to tell you what changes and, and how much better it all gets. Right? Totally. Yeah, 100%. Talk less, definitely. Talk less, listen more, compassion, care, empathy. For all of us that work at Compass, we have something unique to offer that nobody else can. On top of that, you have yourselves. So we'll see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, we have one more. We have one more question. Good point, Ari, caring, compassion with other Asians. What should we do when the other Asian is emotional and worse misrepresenting the facts? Have you had that happen to you recently, Amit? Uh, yeah, especially in Miami. <laughs> and, and what was the, and what did you do? Terry, if you could tell us a little bit more about the scenario. Um, look, it's, it's, when somebody's combative like that, being combative back doesn't help. Um, acknowledging them, ask them questions, right? Where did you get this information? Um, would you mind sharing that with me? And look, the, the reality is there are a lot of agents that act as if they're representing the seller. Um, so you need to speak with your broker and do your own due diligence of when is the time to communicate with the agent and copy their broker on, right? There's certain things with people you just can't solve for. Unfortunately, there's some sketchy people that do some sketchy things and there's no way around that. Um, I know an agent who believes that it's valid negotiation tactic to be dishonest. As they say, you can't fix stupid. Um, yeah, there's so nothing look, with this agent, you know, if it's being dishonest, what they're trying to do is use a scare tactic to get you to offer more or give more or, or accept less. Right. So just stick to your plan and, and just be forthright. And just go along with it, right? Oh, okay, completely. I completely understand that. Let me let my client know. I'll go to work with it. So this person obviously has some form of an ego and wants to be right. And they think that they're they think that they're like I'm it right, like running a scam. 
the best way to win with somebody running a scam is let them think that they're running the scam. Go along with it. Thank you so much for sharing that information. I'll speak with my client and we'll make a decision. Go back and present the same thing you would. Yeah, I think like for me, whenever I have a deal that I'm about to start, even if it's a low ball, especially a low ball deal, say I'm representing the buyer, the seller's asking a lot more. Before I even present the offer, I tell the other agent, you know what, I feel really good about this. I think we're going to make a deal. I, I know that you're fair, your people are fair. And I think I feel really good about it because if they don't, if that agent isn't positive going into it, forget it. Kat, Kathy says dishonesty is not tolerated. Dishonesty is not tolerated, but unfortunately it's not something we can control, right? All we can do is control ourselves and not get emotional and bring our emotions into these transactions. The second you start bringing your own individual emotions as an agent into your transaction, you've, lo you've lost it for your client, right? Like I'm not saying not to push back and stuff. And if someone honestly is dishonest, unfortunately, there are a lot of brokers that have a lot of market share that are dishonest and you could copy their manager and their manager is not going to care. The people don't have the same ethical boundaries as we do at Compass where this type of culture is not tolerated. So, you know what, Terry? You man I'm sorry, I was going to say, would you manage the expectations of your buyers in that case? If you know that you have a cost, you, you're putting in an offer on a property where you know the other agent is dishonest or things may get a little shaky. So I wouldn't tell them in the beginning because that's just kind of, you know, you just want to see what this is and, and be very fact-based, right? Like I'm going to present my offer and then you come back with some sketchy stuff, right? I'm going to go back to the buyers. I'm going to say, look, I presented your offer. This is what the agent said. The agent has a track record of negotiating like this. What would you like to do? I just present them the facts, not like I presented your offer, the other agent shady. People get into this rabbit hole and all of a sudden then now you've made yourself look bad. Come calm, cool, collective, and just say, look, this is my experience dealing with it. This is a negotiation tactic. Based on that, what do you want to do? Yeah, that's good. Right? And the reality is with some of these houses and some of these agents, right? It's like you're gonna have to offer what the agent wants or you're not offered, it's not gonna get accepted. You know this by having experience in the marketplace. Yep. So, that's it guys. I will, I will thank you guys. Um, I'm going to do almost close again. Who do you know, making a move to Miami? Contact <laughs> Amakuta. And my name is Shrag Shah. And look, if um, I have a coaching company, um, I used to work at Compass and look, if you're ever looking to hire a coach or have some, or have somebody do your social media for you, those are the two things our company provides. And that's really about it. So we'll see you next week. Bring your questions, bring your objections, and look, the whole point of this all is to connect with more people, to provide more value, and make it a little bit easier to have conversations with your clients every day. So thank you. Thanks, guys.